Welcome to Do It For The Gram and Enneagram podcast with your host, certified Enneagram coach, Milton Stewart, where we do it for the Enneagram, not Instagram. We make moves to improve our lives and our communities. I'm super excited today. I've been away a little while, traveling the world, different Enneagram things, and I'm so glad to be back on the podcast because I'm starting a series that's really centered around women in the Enneagram space, really getting the experience, hearing the voices of women in the Enneagram space, seeing what work are they doing, what things are going on with them, and just really trying to elevate, promote amazing people in the Enneagram space. I'm super excited today because I have someone who not only graduated through the KSEP program, which is the program that I have for certifying Enneagram teachers, coaches, but she has gone on and she's building her own thing now and she's doing an amazing job. And so I want to introduce one of the most amazing people I know because she has one of the brightest spirits I know and Caroline McKinney. Caroline, please introduce yourself. Hello. Thank you for that really kind introduction. I'm Caroline McKinney and I am an Enneagram 3. Yes, yes, yes. Let's go intro. the Enneagram? Are you serious about growing and being liberated? Do you love to learn and grow in a safe community? Well, my Kaizen Community Enneagram program is perfect for you. I teach 12 weekly classes on Thursday night. I am only taking around 15 people. I would rattle off more details and all the benefits, but I'm pretty sure you would rather read them and get back to this episode. So simply go to kaizen-enneagram-community dot mn dot co or check out the show notes or find the IG page bio with the link tree or go to kaizencareers.com to find out more information. Learn and grow in safe community with others who love the Enneagram. Sign up while spots are still available. Hope to see you there. You're entering the Enneagram space like a coach. You are doing many different things. Can you kind of share the direction that you're taking the Enneagram and the use of it and what you do? Yeah, absolutely. So I've had my own business for a few years now with social media marketing. She's a beast. <laughs> I just want to share that. Yes, she's a beast in that area. Go ahead. Thank you. Yeah, I um, it really though, like I've always loved that. But since you introduced me to the Enneagram, I mean, I was introduced by somebody else, but I eventually, you know, messaged you like, hey, I really need some help. Do you do coaching? <laughs> Let's talk. And then it all went from there. And since that time, anytime I got away from Enneagram work was when I felt so empty and felt like I had so much work to do on myself. So I've just continued that. And I've wanted to give that gift to other people, what you gave to me, literally you. So this is a really fun conversation because you're the one who did that. Well, thank you. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. So it's a new part of my business and everything. So there's so many ideas that I'm excited to explore But right now I've been doing a lot of one-on-one coaching, starting with a lot of typing interviews for people who don't really know much about the Enneagram. So it's introducing them to that and showing them that there are paths 
to growth and you don't have to stay stuck in your old ways and patterns and patterns of hurting and then, you know, never healing. And um, a few things that I'm working on putting together right now, I'm not sure what order it's going to go out in, but um, I'm working on putting together a group for threes called Path to Threedom. Ooh, listen, keep going, keep going, go, go. I mean, basically, it's kind of like a Workaholics Anonymous sort of. (laughs) Yes. Because that's what I attract because anytime I'm putting out content on social media, it's like, yo, I've been a workaholic. I have based my self-worth on my accomplishments. You don't have to do that anymore. Come, come learn, come see the life beyond that. So that's something I'm working on, but something that's also launching very soon might be out by the time this episode airs is my podcast, Random Acts of Caroline. So exploring joy and self-mastery through the Enneagram. This freedom to freedom, how did you say it? I've been tossing around names, but path to freedom is what I've been using. I think it's so important to have a niche for threes in the Enneagram space because attending a lot of different workshops and spaces, like when the Enneagram stuff, you don't see a lot of threes. There's two other numbers you don't see a lot of, but you don't see a lot of threes a lot of times. And I think that can be very difficult for threes to a certain degree. You have to be very serious about your work as a three to show up in spaces where it's like, oh, by the way, your whole identity, you built it on your personality. Yeah, you got to work on all that. It can be really extra hard for a three, right? I didn't even know you were doing that. I think that's absolutely amazing because it's so needed. And to be in a community of people who are threes who understand each other. They get it. You know, the image is like, I don't got to do nothing extra so people feel a certain way. They get what's going on and they can call me out on my stuff, which is important too. Oh, I love that. Oh my goodness. I love that. Yeah, it's funny because I always have looked for, okay, what mold do you, I need to fit in to be successful? And I've taken that from everyone besides myself for so long. And then I would dip my toe in and be like, no, this is the direction I want to take my life. And then I'd, you know, realize, okay, that is not the direction. I overcorrected a little bit. (laughs) Then the Enneagram, it was like, okay, well, you need to learn to rest, learn how to be instead of do. And so I kind of was able to set aside my freedom and also use my freedom to be like, okay, well, you know what? I'm going to learn how to be so well instead of do. I'm going to rest so well. (laughs) I'm going to be the best rester there ever was. (laughs) Yes. I'm definitely not, but (laughs) I'm working on it. (laughs) It is work. And so along those lines you just mentioned, because I definitely want to ask as a three and you in particular, which I also want to give kudos to you as well, because like I was saying before, it can be tricky for a three to be in a space of growth and how I kind of, I would say not judge, but I measure people is by the inner work that they do. You can see the inner work after a while. And so one thing that I know you do, and you're so serious about is your inner work, and I admire the mess out of it. And that's what I'm like, love that. And so what is right now some of the inner work that you are doing or some parts that you are working with and how's it going? Yeah, that's a great question. A lot of what I was working on with inner work in the past few years and with you was what I mentioned a second ago about like learning to rest and be instead of do. Because I remember reading in a book about how it was like threes don't know the difference between being and doing. And that messed me up. I was like, you are so right. I don't know what that means. So a lot of it had to do with rest and not prioritizing work. And so now I'm in kind of it's like level two and it's a little trickier because I do have these big dreams 
And there have been times where I'm resting and I'm like, gosh, but I, I'm still passionate about this. So how do I find that balance between not putting my self-worth into my work, but I can still have big dreams and go after them and work hard. Like I love working. So now I'm kind of like trying to enter back into being on the grind, but not defining myself by the grind. So I'm launching the podcast. I've got my social media marketing company that's like been running for a while. I'm working on Enneagram coaching and I have an Enneagram Instagram account that I make content for. I am actually starting a bar crawl business with one of my friends down here, (laughs) the comedian. So I've got a lot on my plate, but I've been challenging myself to make sure that I'm enjoying every aspect of it, not burning out, shutting off at a certain period of the night. I've honestly let myself sleep in a lot more because I love staying up late, whether I'm socializing or like, you know, I get that second wind and I could work until 2 a.m. every day. So I'm kind of like, you know, if that's what you want to do, go to bed at midnight or one, wake up at nine or 10 and then get to work, you know? So just going with my own flow of energy and allowing myself to use my three superpowers, but not be defined by them. Oh my goodness. Yes. What's that handle for you on Instagram? Enneagram with Caroline. Yes. Please go check that out. I'm pretty sure this episode, there will definitely be threes listening. (laughs) What's up, guys? (laughs) So what is one piece of inner work advice you would give to another three who was maybe looking for some advice or some help along the journey? There's a lot that I learned that I could like ruminate on and integrate and reflect on, meditate on. But the thing that changed my behavior the most, like in threes, I know you want some tangible results, was when we talked about defense mechanisms in my coaching I kind of go over some like the overviews of the type that that person is. And then I kind of go straight into the defense mechanism because that's what made such a difference for me. And so for the threes, that is identification. So over identifying with positive attributes of role models or whoever's respect or admiration you're trying to gain. And so you taught me (laughs) to um, not lying But if somebody says like, oh, I'm a runner and stuff, well, yes, technically I've run a few times in my life, but by no means do I enjoy it. But there would be times when in conversation, I would, you know, in order to continue the conversation, I'd be like, oh yeah, I run sometimes, blah, blah, blah. When really that's not how I truly feel. So you taught me to feel when my spidey senses are tingling, that I'm about to use that defense mechanism and over-identify with somebody or do something that's not true to myself. So feel those senses take a deep breath. And then you said to like, start with a verbal cue. So like, well, if I'm being honest or, well, if I can speak truthfully or well, to be real. And that changed everything. Like with my bosses, if they were staying until 7 PM and my work was done instead of staying until 7 PM, because I did six nights before I would say, okay, well, to be honest, my work is done here. So I'm going to go home. Setting those boundaries through that exercise with the defense mechanism, that is probably the biggest change that I've seen in my life that could be helpful to other threes as well. Ooh, I felt that so good. I think what you hit on, which is so important, because when we think of boundaries, people think of twos and nines. But to be honest, threes are also on there too. 
it's like really important for threes to be able to set boundaries as well, to be able to really protect the essence qualities of themselves in their own heart, because the personality structure is easily jumped into another role. It's like, well, this role works here. And so I think you hit on something so important to be able to set boundaries as a three for yourself. Because like you said, that workaholism, like it's easy to flow into doing more work. Oh my goodness. Ah, I love that. I love that so much. I love that so much. I think one of the things you mentioned too, and we were talking about around the three, you mentioned identification and noticing it helps for the passion of self-deceit to not continue, right? It helps so the passion of self-deceit doesn't keep kind of reinforcing itself where threes become something or they become the image that they're not. Can you speak to that some of like how just noticing your defense mechanism has kind of helped prevent or at least see and be more aware of when self-deceit is trying to creep up for you? Absolutely. It doesn't creep up as much now, thankfully. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, woo! (laughs) But I mean, I've been on this earth for 29 years, so there are plenty of examples. I think it's hard because sometimes it can be helpful. Like I had a Jackie Kennedy phase where I loved Jackie Kennedy. I thought she was the most classy, beautiful, you know, person. So I'd read books about her. I would read the books that she liked and I would wear pearls. I wore pearls all the time. That's fine. And that was like an expression of me. But when I was setting myself aside in situations where it wasn't Jackie Kennedy that I was emulating, it was a friend group that I wanted to be accepted by. And then it gets murkier. And I think that it always came to a head around my birthday because, you know, with your birthday party, all your friend groups get together. And I would just panic because I would have, you know, friends who I wouldn't cuss around ever. And then I would have friends that I did cuss around. So like, if I do or don't, then one of them is going to see like, oh, shoot, okay, we didn't know Caroline as well as we thought we did because she is or is not cursing. I was so multifaceted in high school. So I had like, I was on mock trials, an academic team. I was an athlete. I was in student guard. Like I was, I'm not trying to list all my qualifications here, but I'm trying to explain how I just had a lot of different friend groups. And so I wanted to be smart in the academic group. And in some of my other friend groups, it was easier for me to fit in if I dumbed down my intellect so as to not scare away anyone, namely men I was interested in. (laughs) (laughs) So when they're all together, it's like, oh gosh, how dumb am I? How smart am I going to be? How, you know, so then you lose your sense of self. And um, I think that one of the things that helped me get to know myself and start to shine in my own way, which I think that anyone could benefit from, but particularly threes, is I did something where it was me that was meant to shine. So I did a few pageants, Miss Indiana. And through that, you have to prepare for an interview and an onstage question. And so through that preparation, I would, whether I was in the car or on a walk or something, I would look up practice questions and just ask myself. So essentially, I was just like kind of dating myself, you know, like getting to know me, what I like, what I feel, and the pockets of my brain that I hadn't even discovered yet. And so getting to know myself and what I stood for and then putting myself in roles and situations that didn't require me to be somebody else was really, really healing. That story, that will go forever in my memory now because of like having a birthday party and then having all of your different friends there and being like, ooh. It's like a worst nightmare sort of situation for a three <laughs> while also being our dream situation. Like a three's not going to not have, a, like we're not going to skip a birthday party. A three's not going to do that. <laughs> 
Oh, my goodness. That is, oh, that's such a brilliant story. I love that. I think you illustrate very well how the passion of self-deceit can come in because now you're running around trying to be everything to everybody except you to yourself. I absolutely love that. That is, mm. <laughs> It's fun to be on this side of it as opposed to the side that's struggling with it and hearing from my Enneagram coach, like, these are the things you need to work on and stuff. Like, it's fun to finally be on this side of it. I don't have everything figured out, but I can celebrate the stuff that I do have figured out now. It feels good. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Like your level of awareness has expanded exponentially, which is a beautiful thing, you know, because now we can do something about it, all of us, you know, when we get more awareness. And so here's another hot question. Can you tell me a story of how you discovered you were a three? I technically took a test before and it's, I scored high on three and seven. And I still identify a lot with the seven and I can't really figure out why. Yep. I think it's because like you're my coach and I'm surrounded by sevens and I'm like, they're so joyful. That's what I want to be. But I think it was in our typing interview. Is that kind of what you were thinking? No, it wasn't what I was thinking. I was just wondering about what in your bones felt like even after our typing interview, because you took a test, you did a typing interview, and I pointed out some things because there was quite a few things that rang true for the three, no doubt about it. You know, you identify very closely with seven as well. What inside says, ooh, even though I have a lot of three qualities to us, because everybody has each Enneagram type in them, right? And we identify a little bit more with others depending on life circumstances and a whole bunch of other stuff. But we have one primary number that we have to do a lot of the work to get on our growth path. So what for you really says and makes you feel like, even though I identify with the seven a lot, yeah, this three is my home base. Hmm. I think that there are two primary things that were like, okay, this is it. And one of those was the chameleon aspect because I knew that I could go into any situation and know how I needed to act, be, talk, the vocabulary I needed to use in order to be accepted and successful. And that's not always a bad thing because it allows you to relate to people. But when you lose your sense of self and don't know who you are or what you wanna do in this world, and you don't know what you stand for and don't, living in the gray area, I think that can be good sometimes, but if you're constantly in flux, then who the hell are you? Reading and learning about that aspect of the threes I was like, oh yeah, this is it. This is where I am home in all the best and worst ways. And then the other thing was... Can I interject before you give your second one? Because I want to give the audience a little bit of information. So this is what's so important. And this is like a difference between a three and a seven. The three has different roles and scripts and knows exactly what's needed in different circles. Sevens generally take the same script. It's just very energizing and brings everybody's level of energy up and makes them laugh. So there's a difference. But sevens don't usually have that many scripts or roles where threes are like, hold up, I'm going here. I'm going to eat this one. And sevens are like, well, I hope this one works. Want to make them laugh and do something silly. So I love how you describe that. I just want to pull that out as like a, a subtle difference between the seven and the three for people who may be wondering. Yeah. Go ahead. What's your second? Well, on that topic, I did a typing interview and podcast interview yesterday with a YouTuber comedian friend of mine. And based on her like YouTube videos and stuff, I was like, okay, going into this, I think she could be a three or a seven. And then I explained the concept of chameleoning and like putting on masks to her. And she like 
paused for a second and that concept was almost foreign to her. Wow. So I was like, okay, crossing out the three. (laughs) Wow. She's a seven. And then we explored the seven and she was like, oh my gosh, yeah, that's totally me. Oh, wow. That's awesome. Oh my goodness. Yes. Perfect alignment. Exactly. Yeah. And I was like, no wonder I liked you so much. I know you're not supposed to have favorites, but (laughs) second thing was the feeling of I'll be happy when this. I always like kind of put off my happiness until I achieved a certain goal. And my goals have always been really big. Dream big has been one of my mantras and quotes for so long. And like the time that I kind of healed a little bit of that was I did a solo retreat that you encouraged me to do and kind of gave me some things to meditate on. And I bought a whiteboard from Walmart and just like ideated on it and stuff, you know, just writing stuff down, wiping it off, writing stuff down just to kind of get my head in a thinking space, not a planning space or whatever. And I wrote down all the things that I want to be before I die. And I've come from politics. And one of them was, I want to be the first female governor of Indiana. Another one, I'm a songwriter. I want to be the next Taylor Swift. Another one, I want to be like the most impactful podcast on the planet. So you see that I set my sights very high here and say that- Very high. Happy until then. But I realized that who I was- Because when I worked in politics, that was the ladder I wanted to climb, even though I didn't really want to climb that ladder. But because of my instincts, you know, it says climb the ladder you're on. And so when I crossed off governor of Indiana, all of the other ones opened up. Because being myself, I mean, if you are constantly thinking about, oh, don't put that out in the world. Don't be vulnerable because you're going to run for office someday. And you can't have that opinion out there on the internet. When I crossed that off, the rest of them opened up to me and I could finally explore the creative aspects of myself instead of feeling like I'm going to be judged constantly. And, you know, just choosing the ladders that I give a care about was huge. That's so huge. And that's so important because first of all, our political system here in America is garbage. Straight garbage. Straight garbage. (laughs) We won't even go down that rabbit hole because we would be there for hours and hours and and then be really pissed off at the same time at the end of the conversation. (laughs) So true. (laughs) It's me again in another one of those funny commercials to remind you that the Kaizen Community Enneagram program is having open sessions. I do two cohorts a year. One starts in January, one starts in August. In this program, you will feel heard, seen, and connected. You will leave the program with way more knowledge, a deeper level of growth, and some lifelong friends. To sign up and learn more, go to kaizen-enneagram-community.mn.co or see the show notes or the Instagram bio link tree. All right, back to the episode. I'm so glad that you were able to see those different things and be like, wow, this will make it incredibly hard for me to actually truly get to know and be myself and get to know myself and to be myself, because that is so important. Like you said, playing that role of a politician. Oh, my goodness. That's a lot, and especially for someone with the type structure of three, right? Mm-hmm. That makes it even more difficult. So I'm glad you were able to scratch it out because, I mean, since we started the process of like coaching and the amount of growth that you have and your ability now to be able to be, like you said, on the other side, (laughs) the ability for you to now find joy in the work that you do, find joy in being who you are, find more joy in discovering more of who you are and being okay with that. 
I love that. And so it's good. It's it's amazing to see like your face and your smile. You know, the audience can't see it and the people listening can't. But to see that amount of serious growth and work. And I, and I think that's one of the important things about when threes get it, like the Enneagram, the self-awareness piece, because the type structure is so serious about, I got to be the best. I got I to gotta do this thing. They have a drive to grow and to be better that is rivaled by very few when they get it. The hard part is getting it in our society here in America. But it's like, I see what I need to do. Okay, I'm seeing it. Okay, I need to work. Let me get to it. Let me grind. Let me do what I need to do. So that's definitely a compliment to you and the work you've been doing and you keep doing and the work you're trying to put out in the world. And and I love I love your I love your Instagram, right? I love your Instagram, what you're doing on Instagram with the Enneagram. I'm amazed by the amount of content you put out, but also not just amazed by it, but I love how you're bringing in two elements. We've had these discussions and some meetings I've been in, in the Enneagram space, where there are these different generations of Enneagram teachers, professionals, practitioners, right? You have the older ones who are like, what's all this pictures and memes and stuff like this and all that type of stuff, right? You got this one side, right? Like, oh my goodness, right? And then you have the other side, which is younger. And it's like, yeah, I see what you're saying, but none of the stuff you're saying connects to the people. So that becomes the issue, right? It's like this is super deep stuff. And we understand the deep inner work you do. Not not every person putting stuff out there does, but you do. And I love that because of the work that you actually do, you're combining both. You're combining a deeper richness of the Enneagram and like the real purpose so we can do our inner work. We can feel seen, feel heard, be more self-aware and grow with something that connects to people who don't have every day to sit down and just read books and books on the Enneagram, right? And so it's providing a way to make contact with people so that they can be helped, so they can see themselves a little bit better and then possibly go further into growth. So what's kind of, I guess, your approach or your thoughts on what I just said, like your approach to how you do it or what are your thoughts about what I'm saying and like how you produce content so you can help people connect better with the Enneagram and themselves? Yeah, totally. I'll tell you a story because it kind of comes from this. So when I was working in politics in Indiana, my hometown, I'm in Austin, Texas now, I was doing social media in politics and the internet had always been a happy learning sort of environment to me until I was tweeting for a politician that a lot of people liked, a lot of people really didn't like. So I could have tweeted for this person, like, just saved a bunch of puppies from a burning building. And then people would respond and be like, you should go die. And (laughs) (laughs) so it was like, whoa, this is a giant bummer. And so I felt really bummed out by that. So at that point, I started doing random acts of kindness and using the internet to put that out into the world. So I would do a bunch of different random acts of kindness. And mainly I would like write a note to a stranger. My podcast was almost called Dear Stranger for this reason. So I'd write Dear Stranger and then a note of encouragement and then love a stranger in Indy. And I would hide them around the city for people to find. Like the first one I did, I threw off the parking garage, like the third floor of the parking garage and like waited for longer than I'd like to admit for somebody to come pick it up. I started the Instagram account, Indie Acts of Kindness, and it's not active anymore. Technically, there's Austin Acts of Kindness, but I'm busy with some other stuff, so it's not very active. But I saw the way that that took off, and I saw how many people, no matter your religion, race, political affiliation, socioeconomic status, I mean, the homeless person who I would always buy Coke for on the street, Coca-Cola. <laughs> <laughs> 
we know what you meant. We know what you meant. (laughs) Oh man, that's pretty funny. But like that guy and like the high level businessmen in the city, they all could use a pick me up, you know? So when I saw that take off and I'm like, wow, the world really needs this. I did more of that. But then when I discovered the Enneagram, I was like, wow, this is the way, this is the ultimate random act of kindness that I can do. Because the notes would oftentimes be, I mean, it would usually be like, I'd be writing what I needed to hear. You are worthy. You are loved. Even if you're going through something like it's going to be okay, that's beautiful, but it's a lot more fleeting. And so those little words of affirmation are great, but the Enneagram work that I've been able to do unlocked everything. And so that's what I'm trying to do with this Instagram account, with my podcast, with my Enneagram coaching is give people the gift of self-awareness because those notes, that was great. It was like handing out loaves of bread or handing out fish. But then the Enneagram is teaching a man to fish and teaching them how to bake and teaching them like, okay, I don't want to exhaust the metaphor, but that is the ultimate act of kindness. And that is the high impact sort of way that can not only help them, but that'll help the people around them. That'll help their children and their children's children. Because we pass on, I like to think of it like a little treasure chest of all the things that we've swept under the rug or, you know, like all the lessons that we've learned throughout our lives or the stories that we tell ourselves. And some of those stories are great, and some of them are kind of baloney, but we're going to pass them on either way. And so the best thing that somebody can do for themselves is heal, and the Enneagram is essentially a cheat code for that. That's what I'm trying to do for people, is get to that, I'm here for you, and here's how to be here for yourself also. Ooh, yes! That's what I'm talking about. That's what I'm talking about. (laughs) This is one of the things, because when I think of you, and if I had to come up with two words to describe you, I would use joy and kindness. Those are the two words I would use, because there's something spectacular about the way that you naturally want to share kindness and joy into the world. That is just the natural way I would do it. And when I see your post, that is how I feel. Like, either I'm going to get joy or there's going to be some type of kindness here. So I absolutely love that. I'm glad to hear that that's what comes through because that's my goal. And through the Enneagram work, I've realized even the, the color palette that I love is the rainbow and bright colors and stuff. And so I want that to come through. And a lot of Enneagram accounts out there They're great, but they use a lot of like neutrals and a lot of sort of a softer vibe. And with my social media background, it's kind of a fun experiment to be like, I'm going to put myself out there. We're going to use all the colors of the rainbow. It's going to be bright because growth is hard. It can be sunshiny and rainbowy, but also profound. And that's what I want to come across. So I appreciate you saying the joy and kindness piece. Yes. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. I I love so much of this conversation. Me too. Yes. I want you to challenge our audience with something because I think you mentioned something that's very important. In this world we live in, it can be so tough. There's so much going on. There's a lot of stress. And especially in America, there's a lot of stress. Being in another country, there's so much less societal stress, in my opinion, even when I could speak the language. Because granted, you know, some places I couldn't speak the language, so I couldn't understand what's going on. So it may have been some. I just didn't feel it, right? <laughs> but even the places that spoke English, where I can understand it, the societal stress was not as thick and as heavy as it is in America. And so I feel that we deeply need to be able to do things to help us open our hearts because our hearts are closed so much because 
there's so much going on. There's so much collective stress. Like everyone thinks everyone is out to get them in the world, like in our country. Everyone, unfortunately, like no matter who, <laughs> no matter who you are. And so if you could give maybe one act of kindness challenge to those listening, what would be something you would challenge people to be able to do just an act of kindness to like make this world just a little bit better, open up someone else's heart, open our own hearts, because that's where we actually have the ability to see all humans as humans, including ourselves. This might be my favorite question in the world. (laughs) I think that, well, okay, at the risk of sounding kindergarten teacher sort of, well, not corny, but I mean, it's really getting back to the basics, I guess, is the golden rule. Treat others how you would like to be treated, but To take it a step further, I firmly believe that every interaction is an opportunity to make a difference. If you can see the cashier that is checking your groceries out, your boss who is doing his best to run the branch or something, even though he drives you nuts, your coworker who isn't that kind, if you can see all of them as people who are just doing their best, and sometimes their best is not a very nice person, or sometimes their best is an eight who has a really, really kind heart, but all they know to do when they get anxious is to hulk out, or the six who you give good news to, but they have to poke a bunch of holes in it before they can be excited for you. If you can see all of those things and have empathy for them and realize that they are just coming from a different place than you are, and they've got just as much, maybe even more baggage than you do, they're all just trying to survive too. But the Enneagram has helped me see that and see all these people as just grown up kids doing their best. And like the Enneagram has helped me with that eight who's hulking out. And then I just give them some time to cool down. And then I talk to the sweet, kind, good hearted person who wants to have that connection or you know, the two who is doing too much, who is kind of driving me crazy a little bit, I can be like, hey, you don't have to do this for me. Let's sit down and have a connection and a conversation, you know? So building that empathy is huge. And that's why the Enneagram is so great because really we are all pure. We are all good at heart and we're just doing our best. And if we are in fight or flight, that's when our defense mechanisms are going to come up. That's when we're going to be a jerk. That's when we're going to be flighty or whatever our defense mechanism is. We're all just doing our best. So the best act of kindness that you can do is to just be your best. Like smile at the cashier, give the eight some time to cool down, have patience with the six. And of course that goes for every number in their own way. But just be a light and allow other people's light to shine even though there's a bunch of crap in the way sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for that. I love that. And I hope those listening actually take this challenge on to go there, to be there. I mean, there's a thousand opportunities or more a day easily to show and share kindness with someone. And like you said, Caroline, even for the people who, you know, get on our nerves, those people have hearts, have pains, have struggles, hurts, unhealed wounds internally. And if we can really imagine and understand that they have them just as much as we have them, ah, it changes the way we work with people because our heart has to shift differently because it says, oh, wow, you hurt like I hurt. Oh, I didn't know that. This is just so many untold stories that we don't know of people. And if we can understand the stories, and I heard a lot of stories last week that I cannot share, but 
to see that a person is functioning the way they are with what they've been through, you'd be like, wow, they're actually amazing and great. Like, I didn't know they had all that going on or experienced all that. And so, like you said, if we could just remember that, including myself, just remember that, you know, and be like, okay, this person is doing the best they know how right now. So thank you for that challenge. And I really do hope every single listener takes that challenge on because if we want this world to be a better place, we want people to feel more humane. It starts with us, the individual listening with the ears right now, including me. (laughs) So I definitely encourage everyone to take that challenge on. Before we wrap up this episode, Caroline, can you maybe share where can people find you and get in contact with you for a lot of myriad of different things that you're doing? Because obviously you're doing a lot. If they're in Austin, they need to make sure that they get and come into the bear crawl, right? And so all this, just share what are some of your handles and ways that people can reach you? Yeah, for sure. So we mentioned my Instagram account, Enneagram with Caroline. There's a lot of Enneagram focused information there just to kind of get you thinking and use quotes to like uplift you sort of thing. My personal is Random Acts of Caroline. And that is also the name of the podcast that will either be launching soon or will have launched by the time this comes out. And if you're interested in like typing interview, Enneagram coaching one-on-one or in the groups that I'm going to put together, especially like the one focused on the threes, just DM either of those Instagram accounts, but probably Enneagram with Caroline would be best. I think that's all I'll plug for now. But also, if you're in Austin, Texas, one thing I'd like to plug is I would love to hear from you if you are interested in being on a podcast. On the podcast, I've been doing some typing interviews with people, especially like comedians, because typing interviews can get really uh, personal, but comedians typically don't have a lot of personal stuff they're not willing to share. (laughs) (laughs) Facts. Facts. So if you want to do a typing interview or if you want to just share some thoughts, I'm also putting together some episodes that are like amalgamations of thoughts from a lot of people. So if you want a platform and would like to be on the podcast, also reach out to me as well. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you so much for being on the show today. This was absolutely great. Big laughs, like big heart going in. Like there was this part I was like, ooh, there's the fire. Ooh, I feel it. I was like, there we go. (laughs) I can see all this authenticity coming out. I see it. I feel it. (laughs) I had my coffee today. I did my meditation. I came ready. Yes, that inner work is real. I'm super excited about that. I do want to drop this piece of information for those listening. July 20th through the 23rd, 2023 will be the IEA International like Global Conference in San Francisco. Signups will go on a little bit later this year, but mark your calendars if you are serious and you love the Enneagram. This is where like some of the best teachers around the world will be at and some of the most amazing people who love the Enneagram. So it's a a wonderful space. And I just want to pass that word off to everyone who's listening, because I would love to see you there as we continue to do this inner work, helping ourselves be better and helping the world be better as well. I thank you all for listening. Thank you so much for everything. Thank you, Caroline. Please go check out Caroline's different handles. They'll be in the show notes so you can check them out. And I'll see you in the next episode. So next time you're feeling a little crazy and you're about to act out of pure ego, take a deep breath, breathe, and do it for the gram. The Enneagram, of course, and make a better choice. And we'll see you on the next episode. Bye. Bye.